This is the City and the Sound Music Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Holtz, and this is episode six. Today we're talking to the band Carver Commodore and their lead singer, Peyton Pruitt. So before we get started today's episode and talk to today's guests and get the details about Carver Commodore, how they formed, and their album, Tell Me What You Want, I Want It, I want you to take a sec, open your ears, expand your mind, and listen to this. here with Carver Gomador with Mr. Peyton Pruitt. How's it going today, sir? It's going well, man. It's a nice day here in Alabama. I'm sure it's pretty nice. You're in Hattiesburg, right? I'm actually in Birmingham, Alabama, actually. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So we, we know how it is. You know, it's feeling pretty nice outside. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you guys, the band's originally from Florence, Alabama. So kind of like, how was that like upbringing kind of growing up there in the, that town? Yeah. So I'm the only one that's... Um, from Florence and still resides in Florence actually mm-hmm. but um, for me it was really cool to grow up around the Muscle Shoals stuff all of the music history that's here um, but it was also cool to to grow up in a small town that's still a small town and mm-hmm. is like two hours from Nashville two hours from Birmingham two hours from all the bigger towns so whenever we wanted to go see a concert or whatever when I was a kid like we would just go to Nashville or Memphis and go see it. And, um, but now, nowadays Florence has kind of taken over the music hub of, of North Alabama, at least. Mm -hmm. And, uh, a lot of artists come here to do stuff and we're, we're really glad to be based out of here. Technically, even if the rest of the guys don't live here, we're, we're still calling the home base. Yeah. Did you get kind of seen like any of the kind of musicians coming through town, like as a kid kind of do the, sorry you cut out a little bit oh sorry did you like kind of see any of the uh kind of musicians coming to town do the kind of you know the muscle shoals connection yeah for sure um there were you know a lot of musicians that were recording still at fame when i was a kid um, and there are today you know but my dad would always tell me about the rolling stones and bob dylan and um leonard skinnard and all those people recording here so it was cool to hear that history but then also see it kind of start to happen again Mm -hmm. Uh, when I was like a teenager I guess is kind of when things started happening over here in Florence um John Paul White and all of the single lot guys were kind of starting things up then and then um since then they've they've grown that a lot and they're a big reason that a lot of artists come through Florence and Billy Reed the Shindig Festival all that stuff has, has brought a lot of really good 
artists through like Dawes and Jack White and R the Rock and Tours played, mm -hmm. um, I guess last year. Uh, and then the Alabama Shakes, of course, you know, all those, all those great artists. So it's cool to see those in your hometown. Um, I live in like downtown area in, mm -hmm. in Florence and every year at that Billy Green, Sh the Shindig Festival I was talking about, they have like a baseball game and for the past few years, Jack White and I was like, still am like a huge Jack White fan, mm -hmm. huge White Stripes fan as a teenager. So just thinking back to if I would have known then that be playing baseball like a mile from my house. That'd <laughs> be 20s, crazy. You know, in my 20s, whatever. I, that would have blew my mind for sure. It's like, what was kind of some of the music you were kind of growing up listening to? I guess kind of Jack White or kind of like those kind of like indie rock bands? Yeah, I actually grew up listening to a ton of classic rock because of my dad, um, mm -hmm. what he listened to, you know. And my mom listened to just whatever was on the radio. So um, I kind of got the best of both worlds, I guess. Um, with my mom, I would listen to like throwback, like late 90s stuff. So I got a lot of that in my uh, subconscious, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, she would listen to hip hop radio or whatever. My dad would listen to like a lot of Led Zeppelin, a lot of Leonard Skinner, like I was talking about, just everybody, you know, in the in the classic rock realm, I guess you'd say. But um, some of my favorites, were ACDC, Led Zeppelin. Um, then I started getting into the newer stuff with the White Stripes and mm -hmm. uh, the Raconteurs and stuff. And indie rock bands like The Strokes and um, Franz Ferdinand, people like that. I really didn't get into those bands until probably three, three years ago. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of been like a cool world to discover you know? yeah explore i don't know why i didn't i'd always heard of the strokes but i was like i don't know what they sound like i just thought they were like an older like a classic rock band or something <laughs> so, so it was cool to discover all that stuff yeah know, three or four years ago so um kind of when did you start playing music i was i started playing guitar mm -hmm. when i was 12 um started singing out of necessity and writing songs out of necessity uh, when I was like 15, 16, me and a couple of guys from my high school were just kind of playing in a band. Like every band, we're like, oh, we're looking for a singer, you know? Yeah. Let us know if you know anybody. And uh, of course, we're at, I, I went to a very small high school, like uh, county school. So there weren't any singers. So I just started doing it myself and then never stopped. I was like, I was, I was always like, this will be temporary, you know? Yeah. I'll find a singer later, but never did so kind of like when did like you guys kind of start kind of form carver common or kind of after your kind of initial music fun phase so uh we me and philip who's the other guitar player in carver mm -hmm. common, we had a band um called the bear and the bride back in the day that started like 2013 or so and then um that kind of dissolved all of everybody that was in that band we all moved to different places mm -hmm. And then in 2016, Phil and I were, uh, I moved back to Florence. We got a house together and then we were just, you know, hanging out all the time, playing music. We were like 
why have we never done what we really want to do, which is like just being a rock and roll band, you know? Yeah. So we decided to like, to start doing that. So we started Carver Commodore 2016, 2017. Um, and then we put out our first EP in April, uh, I think of 2017. So that's when all that started. Gotcha. So what is the kind of the emphasis kind of like behind the name? Uh, so it's a weird story. Here to hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my great, great uncle, his name is Carver Commodore. Um, he lived around Florence, like in the 50s, you know, so I didn't know him. But he apparently was out in his backyard one day. He says that he saw like this orb of light come down from the sky and uh, just sit there for a minute and then go back up. And he went in and he told his brother that like, hey, this thing is telling me that I'm gonna die. So I need to take care of some stuff and uh, then I'm gonna die. And then three days, he was dead. He got hit by a car um, and ended up dying. Jeez, it's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty weird. And then my dad, you know, I'd heard that story a few times growing up and my dad had always told me like, I wanted to name you Carver Commodore, but your mom wouldn't let me because, you know, she thought it was bad luck. And so when we were looking for a name, I was trying to think of something that was like unique enough to where when you type it into Google, yeah, you find it. Different bands didn't come up. You know? So they were talking about that one day and I was like, Oh, that might be a cool band name. So we took the bad luck and, and made it one, I guess. I guess you guys have pretty good luck though with, with the name though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. So um, I guess one thing that's really cool is that you, I think you guys, you know, are like a Southern rock band, not by like virtue of like kind of, you know, when people think of Southern rock bands, they think of like, you know, usually kind of the Allman Brothers or Leonard Skinner, but like you guys are kind of a Southern rock band in the virtue that you're from the Southeast. So is there kind of like a, is there kind of, I guess, being in the band kind of like trying to like, you know, kind of give a tradition of like playing like Southern rock music, but also trying to keep it with kind of just like the influences that you guys, you know, kind of got? Yeah, there's definitely a stigma attached to Southern rock and, um, you know, whether it's like the, a bad stigma or mm-hmm. like really specific sound, um, we don't really fit either of those super well. I think just because I have like a Southern accent, I probably, People. that probably sometimes. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe it does in that way, but, um, we do like a lot of those bands like Lenny Skinner and people like that. So I think those influences probably do creep in a little bit, mm-hmm. but yeah, like you said, it's, we're, we're less of like a Southern rock band and more just like a rock band from the yeah. South. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't know if, if Southern rock is going to be a thing in, in the future. I mean, who knows? It's, it's all so, it's so easy to like go anywhere and do mm-hmm. anything now um so for us it's it's just cool to be able to live where we do but still like go out and, and tour all over the, the country and see a lot of different places you know yeah so um kind of like how was what was the process of kind of like between making the, the album tell me what you want i want it so that album i started writing that album um around the time that the band formed mm-hmm. just a, a new batch of songs to go with this rock band that we were uh starting 
and I started recording. We started recording that record up at the Smokestack in Nashville with our friend Brandon, who is producing um, our new record as well. Uh, we started that in March of 2018. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and then it was actually, I was, I was the only official member of the band. Yeah. Cause Phil, it was me and Phil for a while. And then Phil, um, was doing like production, running lights and sound all over the country touring and stuff. So he was, he was out a lot of the time. So I was just like, okay, I'll be the only full-time member and I'll just get like whoever can play with me to do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it was, it wasn't like a set lineup or anything. So. I went to the studio and our drummer, Noah, he went in with us. Um, he wasn't full-time yet, but he's, he is now. Uh, and we just kind of started recording and started messing around and seeing what we could do. And I think we finished that record um, that summer, summer of 2018. And we didn't release it until October of 2019. So it was a long process. We got like, we got some management in the midst of all that. Mm-hmm. And they kind of helped us realize that like, Hey, you, you need to take your time if you're going to release this right and all that stuff. So, um, so we did, we took our time for sure. But uh, yeah, the process was cool. It was just like, we were in a really great studio with a ton of great gear. We just recorded all the drums first and then, well, actually, let me, let me restart. We took our demos, like all of all of the songs that I write, I'll demo them out fully, like mm-hmm. on the rock band with all the MIDI instruments. So we took all of the all of the instruments, or like the full demo, plugged it into a Pro Tools session, and then just kind of started replacing things and making it, you know, making it yeah. better. Some of the songs were we would change structurally a little bit. Some of them would stay the same. So we would do drums first, then I would record bass, and then we'd start on guitars, synths, whatever, and then I'd record vocals. So that was pretty much the whole record um, for that one. And it was it was pretty quick. So I guess kind of like saying you guys, you started with songs like drums and um, kind of bass. I really like a lot of your songs, like Tell Me What You Want to Want It, Stars and Galaxies. A lot of the songs kind of have like a really strong like emphasis on groove. Is there kind of like a conscious effort to kind of have like a really groove heavy kind of thing in those kind of songs? Yeah, for sure. Um, I've always wanted to write songs like that, like the Black Keys, mm-hmm. Alabama Shakes. I, I think specifically on Stars and Galaxies, that song went through so many different uh versions of itself you know mm-hmm. like that song has been around since 2014 or 13 and when it first started out it almost sounded like a jackson five song or something <laughs> and, then, and then we kind of made it more of like a rock heavy rock thing mm-hmm. and then when we formed carver commodore <clears throat> i was like i want to make this like something that could you know work with like a black keys or alabama shakes vibe. Mm-hmm. so we just kind of came up with that simple um, groovy sound to it. And happened the way it happened. Uh, I was listening to a ton of like Wolfpack and stuff mm-hmm. when I wrote that song. So that probably influenced it pretty heavily. 
but yeah, I mean, now I think we're writing more like just indie rock alternative kind of stuff. Yeah. But I always try to like make sure that there's some groove to it because those are the songs that people love the most, you know, yeah. you can write as cool of a song as you want. Like you can write the super cool indie alternative song. That's like, you know, really cool. We'll do well wherever, but if it's not groovy, people are always going to choose the, the groovy song. Yeah. Really thinking about telling me what you want, what I want. I think it's really cool because you kind of have that that very wolf pecky section and um, kind of listening to the chorus. Uh, you probably it's probably like conscious, but it reminded me a lot of there's a Nine Inch Nails song called "We're in This Together Now." It had this really just like heavy, you know, kind of downstroke guitar parts. Everything that's kind of cool. They kind of they kind of just kind of you know the kind of dichotomy between those two parts in that song. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's definitely uh, a big change between the two, and it's. Mm-hmm. It's funny on that song how well they work together. Um, there's a new song that we just released called Cancel Culture that's kind of the same way. Like the verses is is a good like groove. And then the chorus is like super different robotic sound, mm-hmm. just like straight ahead, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's cool to, to do that. Um, some people get really thrown off by it for sure. But uh, <laughs> I like doing it. It's, it's cool to have like yeah like that dichotomy like you yeah said. when i it's funny you talk about cancel culture i think i saw you guys shared on instagram where you i guess you might have sent it on like like the song like on submit hub and stuff like that and getting yeah. the responses back and seeing people being like i only know what the transition like <laughs> was yeah. it Dude, submit hub, that that'll kill any ounce of pride that is within you for sure it, it will you send a song through and you're like i thought i did a good job in this and everyone will just shoot you down and you're like maybe yeah. I, maybe i shouldn't be a musician <laughs> yeah. and the worst part is like all the really bad uh, feedback or whatever is like, it sucks. But the worst is like really good feedback. And then at yeah. the end, they're like, uh, we really like the song, but we can't feature it. Like, it's just not going to work for our channel. I'm just like, come on, man. Like, you, you listed all the reasons why it could work. And then yeah, you didn't yeah. put it through. <laughs> why does your playlist exist if it's not for that? You know? Yeah. Uh, one thing I was talking about with that, the kind of tell me what you want uh, video. Um, it kind of reminds me a lot of um, uh, kind of the Franz Ferdinand song, Take Me Out. Like it has like a similar vibe to kind of that video. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if I've ever watched that video. Um, I love that song. That's that's what I was thinking of a while ago. Like they're a great example of a band who is pretty indie rock, alternative. Like they've got the, the whole early 2000s. Post-punk revival. Band. Yeah. 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 Post-punk. Um, they have that, but that song is so popular because it's just like such a good dance song. And I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of their songs are like that is they're kind of a dance post-punk dance band almost, but yeah, that's a great example of a song that has such a good groove to mm-hmm. be just like a super cool indie rock song. You know? Yeah. Uh, another thing, I mean, the Lux album of your guys, um, Lux version of your guys album, you got, I see you guys covered bad guy, Billy Eilish. Like what was the kind of, reason for covering that song <laughs> dude i just heard that song when it came out um i guess it was like it was around the spring of of last year mm-hmm. when it came out i heard it and i was like this song is sick like i love that was really the first thing i'd heard billy Eilish. you know i kept hearing your name and i was like this is gonna be another not great pop singer but i listened to it and i was like this is sick like production is cool mm-hmm. 
all the the simplicity of it is really cool um i love the little synth line mm-hmm. and all that it just it just kind of made me feel tingly like it, it was almost like a asmr song or something ASMR song. <laughs> yeah but uh i was like this could this could work really well as yeah. like a queens of the stone age style yeah you know so we just started messing around with it we really so that's that's one of the few songs that we haven't like we hadn't figured out that much until we went to the studio we just kind of did it all in one day and let it happen the way it happened so it's a pretty simple cover but i love it man that's a that's a fun one to play live too because everybody knows it you know yeah i think probably that's the best cover version of that song i've actually heard hey thanks yeah um, there's a there's a ska version of it. <laughs> That's it's, it's uh the replacements or I don't I don't remember mm-hmm. not the replacements but I don't know. Another thing I saw was cool. Um, I, I know I might have seen this, but I may have not have. But um, like a band in Russia covered "Tell Me What You Want." I want it. Yeah. How did that? How did that? Like, how did you find out about that? <laughs> they just posted it on their Instagram. I don't know. It looked like they were on like a late night show or something, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know what they were. They're just some some band. Maybe they just had a really cool rehearsal space, but um, they just posted it, tagged us in it, and and I was like, oh my god, this is cool! Like I have to repost this, you know? Yeah. Or had a Russian band cover or something. <laughs> you guys make a song about Russia next? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. So, um, I kind of with cancel culture, like, was there kind of like a meaning, like behind the name, kind of referencing, you know, cancel culture, everything that's going on right now, kind of in the media? Yeah, yeah, there definitely was. I was listening to a podcast um, about cancel culture whenever mm-hmm. I wrote that song. Um, I don't even remember. Actually, it wasn't a podcast about cancel culture. It was like some episode of Mark Marin's show. Somebody he was talking to was just talking about cancel culture. And, uh, you know, it was the midst of, of a lot of people getting canceled mm-hmm. um, for kind of like bad reasons. And, you know, cancel culture itself started out as like a good thing, it, it seems like. Like you're holding people accountable for the horrible things that they've done, you know. And then in the past, like, year or so i guess it kind of started to head in another direction and just be like if you have done anything in your past it doesn't matter how long ago it was we're gonna mm-hmm. dig that up we're gonna find it and we're gonna wreck your life over it you know even if you've changed for the better you know so uh, i was just thinking about that and then i was actually at the gym and i was like doing something that was this like robotic kind of thing rhythm. and uh i just started like that weird cancel culture you know that chant thing yeah so it just kind of went from there um started writing writing about it and thinking more and more about it so i thought we might get canceled over that song <laughs> <laughs> and when, when i saw that like um in the reviews in like submit hub i was kind of surprised no one like actually like mentioned the title of the song in the reviews yeah. like you can't make a song about cancel culture we're gonna cancel you <laughs> there was like one guy it wasn't even on submit hub um some some guy that we sent it to <clears throat> that was like 
yeah, like I like the song, but I don't know how I feel about cancel culture yet. So I don't think I can play it on my. <laughs> I like, like I don't want to get canceled myself. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, at least you're, you know, you get the point of the song. Most, like you said, most of these other people it doesn't even seem like they thought about the point of the song. So. Yeah. Um, another thing that's really cool is like I saw you know everything that's kind of happened with coronavirus is that you know not a lot of bands have been able to play but I've kind of seen you guys post where you've kind of done drive-in shows that kind of thing like how yeah. has it been kind of doing that again amidst the coronavirus it's been great man I mean we'll take anything at this point yeah <laughs> uh, we were, we'll think back on like our worst shows and our worst situations that we've been in and we'll be like we'll take that you know this year we'll take it whatever yeah. but um I think the first show we played this year was a, a drive-in show in June in Huntsville. Um, and that was really cool. I mean, it was less like everybody sitting in their cars and honking for applause. <laughs> that, that's, what, that's what I thought it would be. Yeah. But it was like, there were some cars, people were sitting in them, but there was like a big area where everybody brought chairs and kind of sat distanced or whatever. And, and so, you know, it was, it was better than we thought it would be. Yeah. But we played three shows, I think, since then, um, and they've all been different different types of shows. Uh, we played one at here in Florence at uh, an amphitheater at the college here, um, and that one was set up like distance. Everybody had to wear masks, you know, get your temperature checked at the door, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. um, it's just been cool like going out and doing it and figuring out how we're going to do this, you know, until we can do it for real, like we used to, you know, because there is like somebody's, somebody's got to start doing it, you know? So I'm glad that places like the camp in Huntsville and um, UNA, that amphitheater show. And we played a a festival a couple of weekends ago in Mississippi, uh, other fest. I'm glad that there are people that are like, we're going to figure it out and we're going to do it. And, you know, for the most part, it's all been pretty safe and it's, it's gone really well. So it's been really good to just be able to play shows in general. Mm-hmm. Cause last year we played like, you know, 60 something shows. And then um, we had like this big tour planned uh, in March. It was supposed to start on like, the 13th at South by Southwest, you know, that's crazy. So the 13th or 14th is literally when the entire country shut down. So yeah, it was a bummer and we, you know, lost a lot of money, lost a lot of dates, but you know, trying to just not think about that. So we don't get too depressed, (laughs) but it's been good. We've been working on this new record. Um, I don't think we would have gotten as much work done as we have if it wasn't, if it hadn't been for all this, you know. And I do see you guys have like a few new dates kind of coming up with kind of more socially distant shows in the future, I see. Yeah, hopefully so. We've got a Halloween show here in town at a brewery. Um, but we're actually not playing at that. Our alter ego band, Pontiac Sun. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about that. I, I saw that and I was like, what is happening on this page yeah. right now? Yeah. So the video for tell me what you want you know how it kind of goes in between us and then the like 70s looking band you know yeah it's kind of got these two personalities so we decided 
we're going to call the other personality, the weird, like sweaty um, glasses band version of our band. We're going to call them the Pontiac Sunfires. And we always thought that if we ever started like a, like just a crappy bar band mm-hmm. that would just play, you know, really bad covers and go play at bars or whatever, then we would call it Pontiac Sunfires. Um, so we were like, that's, that's gotta be the name. And then we uh, decided we wanted to do this country covers night because as much as we hated all these songs when we were like young teenagers or whatever, they crept into our subconscious. Yeah. They, you know, they became like, like any, you know, like third eye blind. They were just like nostalgia. So we started, uh, we started thinking about that and we we're like, we should do that on Halloween. And then we were like, we should put out country versions of our own songs just to like see what happens because it's fun. It sounds fun, you know? Mm-hmm. So we were like, we should just make the, make the Pontiac Sunfires become a country band. So that's it, man. We're, we're a country band. Pontiac Sunfires are. My name in it is Tony Baloney. <laughs> um, yeah, we're just having fun, man. We're just doing whatever we want. So it's the year to do that. Yeah. So um, I guess so kind of like, what are you kind of listening to right now in quarantine? Uh, I've been listening as usual. I've been listening to a ton of like that world that I told you I discovered three or four mm-hmm. years ago, um, the strokes and uh, bands like that. But let's see, let me get on my Spotify here and look. I listened to, uh, there's a guy named Declan McKenna that has a new record out. I listen to that one a lot. Um, Brent Cobb has a new record out that I like. Uh, been listening to a lot of Foo Fighters lately. I don't mm-hmm. know why, just kind of, getting back into that i really got into the beatles over the past year or so so ton of beatles um same for king gizzard and the lizard wizard i kind of discovered them over the past year so i've listened to them a lot um king's kaleidoscope colony house the raconteurs new record you know just a lot of different random stuff i listen to a lot of anderson pock i like his stuff a lot mm-hmm um, just whatever, you know, if I find anything new, I'll try to listen to it. There's a guy named Paul Cawthon who's doing this weird, like country funk, um, super dark Johnny Cash sound and stuff that I like. So I've been listening to his record, Madison Cunningham. She's like an incredible guitar player and an incredible songwriter, um, that my wife, uh, actually, found and made me start listening to so and listen to her a lot you know a lot of different stuff nice so kind of do you know kind of when you guys can expect kind of the next album to kind of come out um i think we'll be finished with it before the end of this year mm-hmm. so i don't know i'd expect some singles to start coming out early next year and then maybe the whole record will come out summer fall i'm not sure We'll see. Is, is kind of cancel culture like an indicator of kind of the direction the album's going to be going in? Uh, sort of. Um, yeah, I don't know. It sort of, it sort of could be. It's uh, that song will be on the record, mm-hmm. but I think it, it's more of an indication of like the 
the different sounds that we're willing to go in, you know, yeah. different territories we're going to go into, I guess, on this record. We're not like, we're just trying to be a little more creative in the studio and, and have more fun and not, not just stick directly to what the demos sound like. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we did that, it would just, you know, it sound like the last record. Yeah. Do you kind of think with the first record, because so much of you, yeah, trying to just like, you know, going and making your first record, you know, trying to like make those songs, you kind of get them out with the second one. There's really a big room to kind of just experiment, you know, is what the cold soundscape of what's happening. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we don't have management anymore. So when we, when we started making this record, we were sending stuff to our management and they're like, oh, I don't know, you know, it's cool, but, um, you know, maybe it should sound more like this, but now that we don't have that we don't have to worry about that anymore so yeah um we're just doing doing what we want we're working with same producer um but we've got uh we're working with a, one of the guys from colony house uh park the bass player oh, dope. Um, so he's he's producing co-producing some of the songs and i don't know it, it feels a lot more collaborative than the last mm-hmm. record um like i said that one was mostly just me um playing most pretty much everything but drums and then um kind of co-producing and stuff so this time around we try to get everybody in the studio um as much as we can and you know collaborate see what happens i think it's as as cheesy and you know standard as it sounds like it just feels like we've we've grown a bit you know Mm -hmm. gotcha so I think this record will reflect that. Nice. Well, Peyton, I really want to seriously thank you for sitting down with me and kind of talking about the band and everything like that. Yeah, man. Thanks for asking me to do this. It's yeah, really- no problem. I'd like to thank Mr. Peyton Brewer for sitting down for this interview. If you guys want to hear Carbon Conroy's music, you can find it on Spotify or all streaming platforms. You guys have a great day. I'll see you around.